Hello and welcome. We are live uh, for the VCD Roundtable, episode 21. Today we are going to cover the VCF packaging and um, yeah, product combinations for a service provider explicitly. Um, with that being said, before we get into the details, quick round of introduction with me is Sascha Spuck. And then we hand over to... This is Matthias. Hi, and this is Tobias. Good. So, Matthias, you did spend some time to actually bring um, the uh, VCF packaging a bit together so that we can cover a bit about what does it mean for service providers? Because as we all know, service providers will not have much of a choice in the new world anymore. They actually have to utilize the VCF enterprise uh, package which is uh, coming as a per-core license for everybody, and we will come to some of the details later on. There are a few add-ons you can buy, but as a service provider, at least according to all information up until now, you cannot have vSphere Foundation or anything else, so that is basically the only product packaging you can use. As much as we can all complain about that we potentially do not like all the products being packaged, I think as a service provider, we uh, need to think about what is the best we can do out of it. And that's why we said it's like we are going to dedicate a few sessions of the VCD roundtable to go step by step into individual products and actually talk about what are actual use cases for a service providers and where you can utilize the new enterprise functionality. Because in the past, many service providers just use standard and advanced feature sets. So that is going to be coming um, in the next few episodes. And for today, we are going to start with an overview of what's all included. And we will look into the first few products. And then as we move along, we will go into further details. Matthias, as the master of the slide deck, I'm going to give you the ball to do the intro on all of this. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, as you guys see today, we actually have a few slides uh, just to make our life easier and to not skip any anything. So uh, the, the VCF basically contains uh, the STDC manager. We have vSphere, including uh, TKG and the vCenter. We just use the official naming for all the bullets. Uh, we have a uh, vSAN Enterprise with one TB byte per core included. If you need more capacity than one TB byte per core, it needs to be licensed. But uh, the, the minimum licensable capacity is eight terabytes. So uh, per socket. So that's already a lot. Um, we have NSX networking, including HCX. Uh, we, refer, we, we, uh, we refer to it with NSX networking because it's a bit different compared to uh, the previous licensing model. And those four bullets are marked in green because these are the ones we're diving into today. Furthermore, we have AON, which is um, AVE operations for network. And the whole ARIA suite enterprises, including the base VCF licensing, which consists of the operations manager, operations for log, um, ARIA automation, my beloved orchestrator, <laughs> now with the new name again, and the ARIA suite lifecycle manager. So the ARIA suite enterprise will be covered in VCD roundtable 22, 23, 24, whichever. Um, so it will be one of the next. Um, episodes so let's dive into the first one uh in a, in a bit so on top for service providers we have the csp entitlement and that's 
as far as we know today, is unique for partners entitled in the service provider program. And the CSP entitlement contains Cloud Director, Cloud Director plugins and extensions, um, the VCDA, but change to prior is we have both licensed, which is disaster recovery on the one hand and migration for VCDA on the other hand. So previously only migration was part of the license or kind of free of charge and the disaster recovery has to be uh, paid extra. Now it's part of the bundle and we have chargeback and usage meter. So these are the products from the CSP entitlement. I think we are all familiar with those products. Let's start with the SDDC manager. And speaking of, um, I, I have a bit of an idea what the SDDC manager does, like manage vCenter and hosts, but it's a great pleasure to pass on to Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matthias. Yeah, the, uh, the basic management instance of the whole VCF story is always our STDC manager. So the STDC manager is part of the initial deployment process. And after the initial deployment has been done, uh, we start to bring on our new workload domains, our additional workload domains, whatever we would like to achieve from the STDC manager. So the STDC manager is the central management point uh, where we can manage the whole uh, virtual infrastructure world, where we uh, can also do the whole lifecycle stuff related to uh, certificate management, related to password rotation and stuff like this. So this is all part of the STDC manager. So here the biggest change from what we have done in the past maybe is that we now have really a single point of component where we can manage uh, all of our vCenters, where we can uh, ramp up additional clusters, where we can bring in uh, new hosts to our clusters, uh, ramp up a whole new workload domain. And let's see what the future is bringing, uh, how the whole uh, multi-tenancy uh, stuff is going on. Because what we know so far as today is that in the long run, uh, maybe it will be planned that we will ha have as a service provider the ability to provide a single workload domain to a single customer. So this is part of the whole SDC manager story in the VCF part. Sasha, every single time I see TK something on a slide, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's TKG is included in the um, VCF package, though that means uh, we have a few different options and uh, there are still a lot of open questions currently. So with VCF, we have uh, the option to say, we sell a complete cluster to customers, so dedicated for customers. And then maybe it makes sense to say, hey, we will uh, deploy vSphere with Tanzu. So for this customers, on the other part, we have, uh, or many of the service providers currently using uh, CSE. Though CSE also deploy TKG, Tanzu Kubernetes grid clusters. And here there are a few open questions. What happens in the future with the NSX advanced load balancer and so on? Uh, and we try to figure it out for you. But that are currently open questions. How, what about the licenses? Because currently, NSX advanced load balancer is required for uh, CSE deployments of TKG cluster. 
And um, yeah, currently it's counted or is written down in the informations as an add-on. And yeah, we need to figure out uh, what is the way to license it. But yeah, Tanzu Kubernetes grid is included. That's a good point. So we can go on with the Kubernetes stuff. And, and I think also the vCenter service and the SXI host, because as Toby mentioned, if, if a service provider plans to deploy a dedicated workload domain for a single customer, it needs to be licensed as well. Yeah, sure. What's next? Oh, vSAN. Who's volunteering for vSAN Enterprise? Well, I can take everything except for the OSA and ESA piece. Go for it, Eve. So, uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm leaving the OSA either uh, piece for someone else to cover that because there are more competent people on that area in this call than me. Um, so the good part for the service providers is in the past, we had lengthy discussions always about consumption of vZen for the service provider and how are we going to deal with that. And um, that's going to completely go away because you now have one tip, um, per core, which is automatically included, that basically considering that you have 16 cores per socket minimum, so that if we think about two socket systems, so that already gives you 32 tip um, per physical host normally. In many cases, that will be pretty much what you have in the system anyway. And as it currently looks like, the vZen add-ons are um, per tip and not per core, as Matthias said. So you can just actually buy um, tips on top of it. So let's say in total, you're, you have 10 hosts, each one of them has 32 gigabyte, uh, terabytes included, but you have in total 400. Then you just actually buy the additional 80 tips and um, purchase them, and that's it. The good part is also, from all I heard so far, is it's going to be allocated. So let's imagine you have one cluster running on vZen, the other one on Pure. You can actually take the core vZen um, capacity from one cluster and utilize it in a different cluster. So it's basically accumulated across your complete um, um, as far as I understand so far, um, VCF instance, but um, let's see where they where they end up uh, from that perspective in the long run. So that is good for service providers. You have now all the features, so you can use erasure coding, you can do, use DDAP and compression. Many people actually enabled DDAP and compression in the past, not necessarily from a performance perspective, but primarily to really um, reduce the amount of used capacity, as used capacity doesn't matter anymore. Um, it's always a question whether you want to keep it on because it had also had its other challenges with it. Um, beside that, you can also now utilize stretch clusters, data addressed. And when we look at these specific scenarios, that give us the advantage that as service providers in the past uh, try to avoid stretch clusters due to cost um, perspectives, this allows them now to really run management clusters if they are near enough to each other in a stretch cluster scenario. However, there are some limitations when that is why I'm handing over the OSA and ESA piece back to Sasha because he figured those limitations out for one customer. Or Toby, if he wants to, it's like it's up to you guys who's actually taking the ball from here. Toby? Yeah. Um, so. Also, and ESA is, is there. Also, is the old storage architecture 
architecture. Now, to be honest, it is the original uh, storage architecture, and ESA is the enterprise storage architecture. So this is, from a naming perspective, the difference. Uh, what is the difference technically behind? Technically behind is uh, also was capable of using um, all flash in an uh, SSD um, only behavior, or maybe also in hybrid uh, scenario where you have utilized SSD as a ca uh, cache disk and uh, magnetic disk as a capacity tier. ESA is an uh, NVMe only uh, based uh, solution. So uh, we only have the capability of using ESA um, supported NVMe devices, uh, which also has changed the whole uh, disk management because in the uh, original uh, storage architecture in the OSA part, there was always the need of having disk groups and stuff like this uh, in ESA, the whole disk group management and, all, and, and so on is gone. But as Eve already mentioned, uh, there are some limitations at the moment from a VCF perspective. So at the moment, for example, ESA uh, is not capable of being utilized in a stretch cluster uh, behavior. So we cannot utilize ESA at the current uh, time in a stretch cluster. To be honest, it is already there in, in pure vSphere or in pure vSAM. So it is just a limitation from VCF at the moment. So I would say in the next couple of weeks, maybe months, uh, also this limitation is gone. But yeah, it is something we should have in mind currently that ESA in stretch cluster in a VCF uh, portion is not working. And as I got the information, so there will be a migration path from OSA to ESA. So that means if you start now with planning new hardware, you can prepare that your hardware is ready for ESA, deploy with OSA if you want to go with a stretch cluster, and then later on do the migration to ESA. Yeah, as always. And one one last add-on, um, because if you mentioned that you can have maybe a stretched management domain or an stretched uh, workload domain, but also there is also some pitfall in VCF at the moment. If you would like to utilize uh, a stretched workload domain, also your management domain needs to be stretched currently. So also let's see here what uh, the future is bringing. That is so true. Mm -hmm. NSX, I think uh, one of the most important parts within the whole cloud director stack or cloud stack. So NSX networking, and, and, and that's a big change compared to previous licensing. So um, NSX networking consists of the NSX manager to manage the whole infrastructure. We have host and edge transport nodes. And NSX networking contains of lot uh, contains logical switching and logical routing. Um, so, but it's it's uh, routing is based on the service router component of an edge transport node as well, or a gateway, and as well as the distributed router component. Um, this listing does not contain any security features, and that will be covered on the next slides because that's something we really want to point out. Uh, a change in terms of licensing compared to the old model or the old program we have. On top of NSX, we now have HCX. Um, be honest, I have no idea if it was part of the old license model, yes or no. It, 
it, um, it, it was it was to be honest you you had hcx also in nsx uh, at, i guess at least at enterprise but maybe also part of advanced licensing yeah. hcs hcx was there but um it is now fully included in vcf okay cool so it's just a movement kind of a movement hcx is just not part of vcf but was there so we have the features like workload migration, layer two stretching, and bulk migration, live migration of workloads from A to B. So that's all part of, of that product. But one of the most, or one of the biggest change, at least from my point of view, is the whole security uh, approach or the, the licensing for security. With the VCF model, none of the NSX firewalls are part of the base or the VCF licensing. So previously, the gateway firewall of NSX was part of the base license. So the flex bundle, we know which is the base, uh, contained the gateway firewall. If you wanted to use the distributed firewall in the past, you had to buy at least, um, at least the professional licensing, right? Which is the uh, next or the one larger license model that contained the distributed firewall. And then you, we had like advanced and enterprise for enterprise for EVPN and stuff, and then all that kind of stuff. So with the new VCF approach for service providers, um, or actually the VCF approach by Broadcom, the whole firewalling is a single add-on package, uh, which can be uh, licensed on a per CPU core base and that contains the gateway firewall, the distributed firewall and then top security intelligence and container security with Andrea. So these are the packages or the, the, the product bundles within the add-on package VMware firewall. Any other uh, anyone else want to add something around that? Just a little bit to you, because you're fully right, Matthias. At the other hand, I would say also from a costing perspective, because yeah, it is a dramatic change in the whole uh, licensing model. But as you mentioned before, advanced networking stuff like EVPN and so on, uh, in, the, in, the, in the old model re always required the highest amount of points. Now it is already part of the base license. So if you have, if you switch to the VCF uh, license model, so uh, is mandatory in the future. Uh, you get really a huge improvement of the of the networking side. But yes, from a security perspective, we will lose here some some stuff. I think it's just important to to make everyone aware yeah. what yeah. the the change in in licensing is, uh, because. As far as I or the most service providers I work with, they are using the gateway firewall extensively, um, basically speaking for each single tenant uh, with the edge gateway. Uh, distributed firewall, it's like, yeah, a few use distributed firewall, others doesn't. It really contains on the, the, the model they use to run their tenants. Um, but the gateway firewall is a big part in terms of, of licensing change. So there is a, a second add-on package for security. So on top of the VMware firewall, 
we can add ATP, Advanced Threat Protection. Um, before we dive into those three marked uh, additional products or solutions, I would like just to add one statement. So the bullets and stuff we add over here, they're not saying that each of those areas of NSX can be consumed in self-service. So we're, today, we're just talking licensing, what's included, what needs to be uh, licensed on top. We're not covering which is self-service available and which features need to be consumed as a managed service, just to add that statement on top. So Toby, you want to cover some IDS IPS stuff? Yeah, uh, for sure. So IDS IPS uh, is there, can be utilized, can be utilized in two different manners nowadays. So we can utilize it on the north-south side, um, so uh, directly on our ESXIs. And also we can, ah, east-west side, sorry. And we can utilize it also on the north-south side. But also here there is a little... Uh, limitation at the moment so talking today uh uh ids is only available on the edge services ips is not available but uh as far as i am aware at the moment ips on the edge nodes or on the north south side will be available in with the next release uh which should be roughly around march but let's see what's really happening here um Malware prevention and uh, network traffic analysis and uh, NDR. Uh, also here, some uh, important stuff around. You need the whole network application platform of NSX, which is uh, deployed as a uh, Kubernetes Helm chart. So to utilize the whole malware prevention, the whole network traffic analysis stuff uh, and the NDR stuff, so the network detection and response stuff, uh, you need to provide a Kubernetes environment and deploy there the network application platform as part of your NSX setup. Um, um, then we can utilize it. But as Matthias already mentioned, please be aware at the moment from the whole advanced features, only IDS IPS is part of the... Um, of the um, Cloud Director environment in a self-service manner, all of the other stuff like malware prevention and the NDR and network traffic analysis is currently not part of the self-service, but for you as a service provider, uh, we can, or you can already consume it. And we get a question. Well, I think it's more a statement. Um, and it's exactly what, what we've already said to comment, consume gateway firewall. Uh, Mainly in self-service, that's cool. And uh, because it's base model, some allowed for DFW. Um, but if, oh, interesting. So roughly, uh, thanks Tom for mentioning this one, roughly 90%, right? 90% edge, uh, perimeter edge firewall, uh, no DFW stuff. Mm. Um, so covering IDS IPS, and I think as far as I understand the new model, and that's what we're, we're, we're talking here, uh, there is a change in licensing, not just because it's not per CPU core base, but if I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, previously, you had the ability to license IDS IPS, uh, gateway IDS IPS on a per tenant base. So it wasn't licensed on a per tenant base, but in the past, only the VRAM of the virtual machines 
running behind the configured edge gateway were considered to uh, need to be licensed for IDS IPS. And that's a huge change because in the past, if you have configured it correctly, you were kind of able to enable or license it on a per tenant. Oh, I'm sorry for this one. <laughs> uh, uh, on, on a per tenant base. And, and from now I can do fireworks. Oh, I can't. Uh, now that's firework. Um, so in the past, I was able to license it on a, on a per tenant base. And now it's more on a per CPU core. So I would currently assume it's more on a per cluster, per workload domain-ish approach. I would say at least per cluster, mm -hmm. but also, and as, as we mentioned it already before, in the long run, we have already heard some rumors. We always say we don't talk about rumors, but we clearly heard some rumors that the in the long run, the plan is to have pair tenant uh, VCF uh, and, and workload domain deployment. And then, okay, I need- And it makes perfect sense. Then yeah. it makes perfect sense. So, but let's yeah. see what the future is really bringing. Yeah. But today we're, we're just uh, uh, running the session just to talk about differences between the old licensing model and what we think changes with the new model and what uh, colleagues of service providers should take care of. Eve, you're, you're so quiet. I, I'm not used to Eve not talking. <laughs> you explained everything perfectly well. Why should I interrupt you? You, you are a liar. <laughs> it might just be that I'm talking so much in the last couple of days that I'm actually oh, finding it pretty relaxing to not talk for 50 years. Yeah. Um, so again, and now we, we can just uh, do a bit of, of chatting about the topics we covered because we are we're not aiming to uh read or to change that format to to slide deck uh overwhelmed uh, format that's not our goal we just use a few slides to support our thoughts and then what 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 <laughs> at least for the next sessions we maybe still will utilize slides. yes for a few but i think that's okay if you're not it's yeah nothing uh, happened. so uh, so these are at, at least from from uh, see that's fireworks uh So we need to explain that to those who are just listening. We are just making fun in the video recording by making all kinds of uh, yeah. interesting signs. So to get the FaceTime mechanism to bring up all kinds of weird things. So um, basically speaking, uh, for licensing. Does Matthias look like a cat now? I, I, I'm not doing that. Um, next time. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so from a licensing perspective, but back to the topic, um, even for service providers, even if you're not using VCF, like uh, the stack, like STDC manager or whatever, as a service provider, you need to pay for it. So it doesn't matter. You, you, you're not getting out of the game like, oh, I'm not using it. Yeah, doesn't matter. You're not using, um, and that will be part of uh, the next episode. I'm not using the ARIA suite enterprise. Yep. No one cares. Just being honest. 
<laughs> so maybe start thinking about how can I use, how can I gain advantage, how can I provide better services to my own tenants using additional products like operations for log, operations manager. Yeah. And yes, if I say orchestrator, right? <laughs> they left something in for the old guys. And, <laughs> and, st and still, it's, at least since Matthias just mentioned the whole uh, ARIA suite, and we will cover operations manager in, in one of our next sessions. But also here, I would say, our, uh, especially the operations manager really can support uh, our service providers for right-sizing the environment. And right-sizing, as we already covered it, will become more and more important since the whole uh, uh, VRAM story is gone. So, and I would say it will never come back. Uh, so we, we really need to have now a look at the whole core story. Uh, and now right-sizing really becomes an interesting part of uh, the environment. But two things, wanna, two things I wanna add. Firstly, Eve speaking of cats, there he is, right? Um, and and secondly, if uh, you mentioned something about hosts which are installed but not actively used, but there was more a disaster recovery scenario. Well, okay, so here's the point. Uh, one of the complaints in the last couple of months um, or weeks was that the core licensing model is a bit uh, putting the disaster recovery customers at risk because for service providers, licensing a lot of cores for unused systems is going to be um, a very bad scenario. Um, the idea which we at least heard, and we heard that several times in the past, and then it was gone, and now it seems to come back again. The idea sounds like that in the future, you can actually, uh, the, or the, the license count for cores seems to be only based on hosts which have active running VMs. Mm. So from that perspective, you could in theory deploy a cluster which does not have any actively running VMs. However, that would still mean there are potentially NSX um, appliances and other things on it. At that point in time, you would need to pay for it. The other thing is if that host has storage capacity attached, that would mark that host as active as well, as far as I understood from, from some of the discussions I heard. So um, there seems to be at least something coming, um, but reality is those service providers running um, VCDR from that perspective typically would not use Visa and um, AllFlash to store the capacity of the customers. So they would have, a, let's say, more decent capacity storage behind it. And in that specific scenario, you could have a workload cluster with, a, a, let's say, low-cost storage behind it, and then just um, pay for VCF on demand, which is, according to the latest documents, hourly. So if a customer wants to run a test run and is going to utilize a handful of hosts only, then they could do that. Again, this is, at the moment, for pure speculation and based on rumors. So this is not in the contract. I mean, the hourly is in the contract, but that it will only count hosts which are going to be full, which are going to host VMs. But again, that's just, that would solve the BCDR scenario, at least for a good part of service providers. And um, so again, as you can see, um, not everything is yet finalized, but it seems like we are slowly getting there.
Yeah. So it's still a moving target, but it moves a lot slower. <laughs> yeah, the ship is more or less now assembled. Um, they are just actually attaching the 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 the, the rescue boats to it. Yeah. Let's, so, let's uh, hope it doesn't become a Titanic, and there are enough of them. Uh, Eve, thanks for sharing that that additional information with uh, with the crowd. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that covers the licensing stuff uh, for episode twenty one. Well, one more question. Yes, um, yes, it just popped up. Yes, um, have you guys heard about any price indications for the add-on licenses, especially NSX? So the information we have is that the pricing for all products is going to be identical, whether it's resale or service providers. So if you grab um, the just released price lists playbooks as of this week, you will see what the add-ons are going to be charged for. And then you can apply the discount, which has been uh, provided to you as a service provider about what the discount is going to be. And then you know what the add-on is actually going to cost you. We don't have that in writing, but um, according to all the simplicity rules by Broadcom, which basically say only one SKU, very simplistic model, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be exactly the way it is. Good. Now, Matthias, you can start the closing round. And now you could start it, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, you so were we so far away. <laughs> so we covered the, the base uh, VCF packaging for service providers today in episode twenty-one. Um, I don't know the exact plan. Will episode twenty-two cover the Avia Suite Enterprise or twenty-three? Um. um I, I would know. I would say current current plan is um, that twenty two would be another packaging um, episode that's going to come out in two weeks. Um, we might, um, as always, keep you posted with some of our short term videos. Um, if anything in between um, urgently happens, I don't currently foresee that there is um, um, anything um, from that perspective. Oh, we got a final message. Oh no, the worst news ever. News ever, yeah. Just submit. I'm not oh, sure no. what that is, but okay. Um, yeah, so so famous last oh, word. Yeah, next episode, episode twenty-two will be um, another VCF packaging series. Feel free to drop in any any questions beforehand to any one of us so that we can prepare them. Um, we are going to move the VCF roundtable to a, a no, if, if VCD roundtable, not VCF. <laughs> <laughs> the Broadcom VCF roundtable for service providers is going to be <laughs> the VCD roundtable um, is going to be at least the current plan is going to be bi-weekly moving forward. Um, plan is that somewhere early in the week we will let you know when the live session is going to be because there is still a lot of traveling going on for some of us. And um, so, but that's going to be the plan. Um, and we are going to post on the webpage, most likely on the VCD Roundtable webpage, a bit of the topics for the upcoming weeks in the next few days so that you can plan for it. We're also working on a few more formats to get you a bit more training and get to know uh, perspective for certain products, but that's still in the baking. Um, let um, us uh, finish the cooking and the baking for those and expect that there will be more content and more formats coming from us 
pretty, pretty soon, not only for service providers, but that's still going to be all focus. With that being said, it's an interesting week. Those of you who have not actually finished their RFIs um, for the new Broadcom program, make sure that you do that. Next Thursday is um, the cutoff date. Um, you need to submit them. If you have any questions around that, feel free to always ping us um, and have a discussion with us also if you are worried that you are not hitting the mark. As we said, it's like um, there's always a free line so that you can reach us and then we figure something out again. Emoticons or something. Such a How closing can you get this one. Yes, and if you're, um, yeah, joining the channel conference, channel partner conference in Las Vegas next uh, month or the MSP submit, uh, just ping us. We will stay in Vegas at that time, join the conference, and let's have a meeting. All right. Best of luck with the new licensing. Keep the changes in mind and license accordingly. Everything said, I would say. <laughs> yeah, thanks. See you. I'm waiting for Toby to change the color again. See you yeah. all. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Disco, Toby. <laughs>